Welcome to the Warblogger.com podcast. This is the third episode, third edition of what I'm calling for now the Warblogger.com podcast. Uh, you are listening to this either on iTunes, on the War Eagle Sports Radio app, on iPhone, soon to be coming to Android, or you're listening to it uh, through from Warblogger.com uh, through the post. Uh, they're, like I said, Vsporto Network, War Eagle Sports Radio should be adding an Android app soon, so you should be able to download that and listen to all of the Auburn shows on that on the War Eagle Sports Radio app. Got some good ones. Uh, I believe there was one added today uh, with Jerry Hennon, formerly of Joe Cribbs Car Wash, writes for CBS Sports now. He and Reed Lockamy of the Iron Bowl uh, Hour the show in mainly out of Birmingham. Um, they're doing one. A few guys from College of Magnolia are doing one. A few guys from Oregon Reader are doing one. Uh, Rival Site. Got a bunch of guys doing a bunch of podcasts to fill up your day listening to Auburn Talk rather than having to listen to Johnny Manziel Mania, whatever. But anyway, let's get to this show today. Uh, a little bit different. As you may know, our first two episodes featured one of Auburn's own legends, Mr. Cody Burns, of 2010 National Championship fame. And as I somewhat expected, uh, Auburn didn't love that, that idea, uh, considering he is technically on the staff. Uh, he's a GA, but he is technically on the staff, so they asked that for now, we just not use Cody, not have him on the podcast. So I obliged, um, and so we will. I will be pulling in a new guest or random guest. My my plan is to do a new person every week, but we'll see how it goes. But bottom line for this week, I have nobody. Nobody could do it. Uh, so. I'm going to see if I can sit here and talk for 20 plus minutes to myself, and you're going to see if you can sit there for 20 plus minutes and listen to myself. It's a challenge. Let's see if we can do it. Um, it shouldn't be too hard. But anyway, um, let's. I wanted to first talk about the uh, Arkansas State game just a little bit from last week. Uh, as you know, Auburn won 38 to nine. Looked very good. Besides the third quarter, which was kind of shaky on offense, looked very good. Uh, beat them much worse than most people thought. Uh, I, I mean, I had thought that this would be a tougher challenge in Washington State. Turns out Washington State might be halfway decent. They beat USC on the road, uh, which is not what that used to mean, but they beat them on the road at least. Um, so Arkansas State, we kind of thought would be a, a – tough opponent because they had David Oku, who used to play for Tennessee, who Auburn recruited heavily uh, a few years ago before Dyer. Um, but Auburn pretty much shut him down. And that's the thing about this defense. Every Everybody, you know, people kind of knew the offense was going to be okay because it's Malzahn and Nick Marshall, a great athlete. But the defense had a ton of questions, and it just seems like these this defense gets stronger as the game goes on. You saw – Against Washington State, they gave up 21 points, I think, in the first first half. They gave up three the rest of the way. Uh, Arkansas State, 
I don't, I'm not sure what the split was. I can't remember between halves, but it was nine points. They did not give up a touchdown against a team that had scored seven touchdowns the week before. They scored 52 points, had 400-yard rushers, and this game they had one guy almost reach 50, 50 yards rushing. And this defense is doing that with two of its bigger names, D. Ford and Justin Garrett, on the sideline. They may be returning this week. We'll see. Um, but one thing from the Arkansas State game that I guess kind of stuck out really had nothing to do with, with how Auburn played, but it was one play uh, that that most people got got upset about, and that was Chris Frost being ejected and suspended for the first half of the Mississippi State game for his quote-unquote targeting above the shoulders of the quarterback. Now, it was obviously a late hit. It was a dumb play, for that matter, uh, because it was late. But the rule, you know, it's meant to protect the quarterback's head or neck or whatever, and it's all about, you know, everybody thinks targeting means you're putting the top of your head into their body in some way. Well, the real real rule is basically just saying you're hitting it. It doesn't matter if it's your forearm. It doesn't matter if it's your shoulder or whatever. And so his arms did hit above the shoulders. Now, it was basically just a push to his shoulders slash head. But to that rule, it was right. Now, the thing is, that's that's not enough for me. That's stupid. The rule is stupid. It's it's too babyish. It's not football. It's changing the game because maybe once every six years, somebody gets badly hurt. Well, guess what? That person knew when they were playing football that they were going to possibly get hurt. And I'm sorry. Yes, it's terrible if somebody breaks their neck or gets tons of concussions. But that's like outlawing cars because have keep people have car wrecks. You can't just make a rule this bad this severe uh, because it happens every so often. And um, so what this is going to do now, now Chris Frost, say he's going up and he can light up a receiver coming across the middle, say he's got a chance for a sack, he's going to have a little bit of hesitation. He's going to hold back. He's going to not hit as hard. He's going to try to hit somewhere else, and that player's going to get away and score a touchdown. I don't know why this always sticks out in my head, but a few years ago we played down in LSU, and there were two or three terrible pass interference calls to start the game, and we were actually in the game for a little bit, and I remember Gerard Powers was one of them, and it seemed like from that point on we played off on the receivers, and they were able to score tons of touchdowns. So that's what this is going to do. It's like the first time somebody on the team gets a targeting, targeting penalty, they are going to back off and play lighter, and that's not fair because the offense has no rule. They're going to continue to play. They're not going to fall down because they're not going to concede a sack. They're not going to fall down because they're going to say, oh, you got me. They're going to juke out away from that person, and that, that defender is going to be playing softer. It's just going to be in his head. And this rule, the, the ejection from Saturday was nothing but... An example call, it was, you know, I told you we're going to do this, so don't do not do that. You know, stay away from their head. Uh, but, you know, he's got to sit out the first half. 
He's not starting, but he had been playing, you know, splitting reps with Jake Holland. And so, I mean, it, it may be a, a problem. Hopefully not. But, um, you know, it was just a bad thing. But speaking of Jake Holland, that leads me to my next, my next uh, point. So, in my history as an Auburn fan, I've... I'm the kind of Auburn fan that that I I really I don't know I always pull for the underdog whether it's our player or whatever you know Auburn is the underdog team we're not really we're we're a top fifteen program but we always feel like we're the underdog because we do have Alabama who is a made up king of football um, but they get more respect because they have the name Alabama they have Nick Saban. And they have a bunch of national championships that that they claim. But anyway, I always pull for the underdog. So, you know, say back in the day when it was Chris Todd and Cody Burns. You know, I'm a humongous Cody Burns fan. Obviously, he's been on the show, on the podcast, whatever. I'm a huge Cody Burns fan. But, but when that was going on, everybody wanted Cody Burns. Everybody hated Chris Todd. And it made me pull for Chris Todd. And... I would say maybe 1% of me didn't want Cody Burns to do as well because I was pulling for Chris Todd just because people didn't want it. People were vocal about him not starting, and that's how that was how it was when it was Jason Campbell and Brandon Cox. That's how it was before that when it was Jason Campbell and um, Daniel Cobb. You know, there was all this divide, and that usually at some point, turned into people booing someone when they came in the game or calling for another player when they came in the game. So back to Jay Collin. It has been said, and I haven't heard it because I haven't been in the stadium, I guess, in time to get for when the... I'm, I'm there usually pretty early, but I guess I haven't been there in time for the, uh, the, the, the starting lineup when they call that out. That's usually about 30 to 45 minutes for the game. I guess I'm still at theorbloggle.com tailgate in the amphitheater. Feel free to drop by. But it has been said by multiple people all over Twitter that when Jay Collins' name is called as a starter, that people have booed. And mainly people from the student section. There's no real way to say that, but that's what it is. That people say from the student section, they hear audible boos at, at a Auburn football player who has earned a starting job through two, maybe three, if I'm right, three different defensive coordinators. An Auburn football player who's out there playing as hard as he can, and I'm not trying to make this a sob story, a Disney story, or whatever. I'm not saying he's the best linebacker in the world. He's not. I mean, that that that's not a slight at him. He's just not the best linebacker in the world. He'll miss a tackle every once in a while. Every person on the team misses a tackle. I'm not defending him as a player, really. I'm just saying. This guy plays for you. He's playing to win games, to basically because he wants you to be happy as an Auburn fan. And for you to, whoever you are booing, and I'm going to say who you are booing in a second, but whoever you are booing, 
first of all, what does that gonna what is that gonna do? You think Cliff, uh, not Cliff Ellis, uh, Ellis Johnson is going to flip on the headset and say, you know, guys, these play, these people don't think he's don't think our starting linebacker, middle linebacker is too good. Let's put Frost in there instead. You think that's what's gonna happen? Do you think? I mean, do you think? Uh, Jay Collins just going to turn it on because he hears you booing? He probably, he might actually. I kind of would be that way. Part of me would want to walk off the field with two, with doing the Marshall Henderson. Part of me would want to prove you wrong. Um, but basically, and, and nobody will say this, but I'll say it. And I lived through this in 2003 and four in the student section myself when Will Herring played. And, and I'm not defending Will. I'm not on Will's whatever just because... We actually played high school baseball together, and I kind of—I pretty much grew up with him. He's my brother's age, and whatever, so I know Will pretty well. But Will was a defensive back slash linebacker in his career at Auburn, and I sat in the stands and I heard people in the student section, other students, you know, criticize him for whatever, you know, for not for missing a tackle or you know being too slow. And this is why, and nobody will say this, but this is why. Because he's white. Because Jay Collins is white. Because Will Herring is white. And the people who are booing are white. And they are, uh, there's this thing as, I'm, I'm white, obviously. Well, maybe not obviously, you might not have known that. But I played high school baseball. And there's this thing for white guys. And you think no other white guy is better than you. I don't know what it is. You think any other white guy? I mean, obviously, there's there's levels of that. I think uh, Drew Brees is a better quarterback than me than I would ever be. But if it's somebody your age or around there, or you played that sport, you think they're better than you think they're no better than you. So basically, what happens is you see Jake Holland, a white guy the minority on a football team, on an SEC football team, let's just be honest, there aren't as many white guys. Uh, you see that guy go, and you think, well, normally the middle linebacker of a football team is is a black guy. And yes, well, he's superior in athleticism to me. So that's understood. And if he misses a tackle, it must be this reason and this reason. Now, if he misses a thousand, I'm sure you wouldn't like it. But... And I don't know if I'm doing a good job of explaining this, but I just, I know, I, as a white guy who played sports, I understand it, and I know what it is. If you are a white guy and you see another white guy around your age playing a sport that you have played in your past or are playing right then, you think, I'm as good as him. So you see Jay Collin out there, and you miss see him miss a tackle, and you go, why is he out there? And in the back of your mind is, why is he out there? I could do that. And I don't know, but it, it's, it, it just, guess what? He's better than you. Every single person on that football team is better than you. If they weren't, if, if you were as good as them, you'd be on the football field. And like I said, Jake Holland, I'm not defending his playing, but something is good enough of, for him to have convinced two or three. I can't remember if he did start his sophomore year or something. Three different defensive coordinators to put him in the starting job, and three head co- two head coaches have agreed with it. Now, what's happened is people talk about Jay Collin missing a tackle, 
and it gets on message boards and internet and Twitter and all that kind of stuff, and somebody says something about Jay Collin missing a tackle, and then that's all people are looking for. All the white people, all the, the people, you know, sitting in the stands acting like they're better than everybody on the football team, all those people are going, oh, there's Jake Holland missing another tackle. What's that, like 50? No, he had actually had six tackles this last game and a fumble recovery. You didn't see him tackling anybody in the first game because they never threw the ball or ran the ball in his direction. Yeah, he misses some tackles. I'm not defending him again. Every person on the team misses the tackles. Chris Davis is probably the best player on the defense. He misses tackles. But, you know, it's... but. As the white guy, you're seeing the black guy who's supposed to be better than you in sports, and you're not going to argue with him because, you know, that's understood. But Jay Collin is white. Will Herring was white. It's it's just there. The, 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 I don't know. It's not the facts, but it's, it's the whole white guy. I'm just as good as him. Under it, it's, it's subconscious. I mean, they're not going to sit there and go, well, I'm white, he's white, I'm just as good. It's just in his head, I, and I know it, I've seen it. But anyway, that was a long rant for the idiots who sit in the stands, show up 10 minutes before the game, or 30 minutes before the game, hear the starting lineup, and boo a guy who's out there playing for you. So I'm sure I'll get some comments or hate that I'm sitting here defending and just be, Auburn being Auburn and being a creed monster and all that good stuff that I'll get accused of being. Uh, but you know, he's an Auburn football player. He's better than you. Shut up and watch him play. Uh, anyway, so that felt good. So I guess that's enough from Arkansas state. Talk about Mississippi state just a little bit. Um, you know, they, they beat, uh, who was it? They, they lost to Oklahoma state 21 to three in the first game and beat Alcorn State 51-7 to last week. So, And they have not had Tyler Russell, their returning starting quarterback, had a concussion. To be honest with you, I don't know if he had it before the season or if he got it in the Oklahoma State game. I haven't been paying attention to Mississippi State. Um, but this game, you know, there, there's, we don't really know. We don't know if Tyler Russell is going to play. We don't know anything because Oklahoma State's a top 15 team. It might have taken sex and drugs for them to get there. But they're a top 15 team. Uh, Mississippi State only scored three points against them. Then again, Mississippi State only allowed 21 points. And Oklahoma State is one of those teams that normally scores 50 or something. So to me, it sounds like the offense for Mississippi State is kind of out of whack. And the defense is pretty strong. And then you go to last week, Alcorn State, you know, they're nobody. Um, but Mississippi State's able to score 51 on them. So their offense isn't completely, you know, inept or whatever. Uh, so there's really, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from him. If Tyler Russell's in there, I don't, he's not, he's not scary to me. Yes, he beat Auburn last year, but so did eight other teams. And, you know, that's not going to happen this year. I mean, we're, Auburn's not going to lose nine games. Auburn's not going to lose six games. Um, so, you know, I think this may go back to the normal way of of Auburn-Mississippi State where it's kind of a, a battle, but in the end, Auburn is better because that's just the numbers. They've Auburn's won 10 out of the last 12 times, and I want to say at least 15 out of the last 20 times. Um, 
but you know this first game is always a always kind of a uh, a pre not a precursor a, a litmus test or whatever you want to call it kind of shows you how the rest of the season is going to be um, so I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm excited about the Auburn's running game I know Mississippi State always has a pretty good defense but with this new three-headed monster that we kind of discovered last week against Arkansas State, I mean, Gus really had Mason, Artis Payne, and Grant switching in and out, Grant around the end, Mason up the middle, Payne around the end, whatever. And it seems like he's really got that going. Nick Marshall has got, you know, he finally got some touch on the, on the ball last week. He still needs to work on his touch a lot. Um, he's... He's not overthrowing as much, but you know, I there there were some bad passes. I don't. There's no other way to say it. I mean, throwing behind guys. At least he's not throwing it where other guys can catch it. Um, there was maybe one where I thought it could have been picked, but um, he's at least he's missing bad enough to where nobody's going to catch it. I guess you could say. Uh, so, um, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't. I, I just don't know what to think about him. I don't know what really to say other because we don't know uh, about Tyler Russell. We don't know what they're like because they've got a blowout over a cupcake and scored no points against a decent team. I guess we're it, we can kind of lean towards that because I would say Auburn's a somewhat decent team at this point. So I'm not saying they're top 15 Oklahoma State decent, even if Oklahoma we're not sure if Oklahoma State's top 15 really, uh, but. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've, my prediction I've kind of been throwing out there was around 31-14, maybe 31-17, but we'll see. Um, I was thinking back about other Mississippi State games, and of course we got the 3-2 to two game, which was terrible and one of the worst games I've ever seen. Uh, if you remember, Auburn actually scored the two for them. It was a holding call in the end zone, so Mississippi State didn't do anything really that game. Auburn kicked a field goal early and went into Tubby Ball and held on to it and gave them their own two points. So Auburn scored five points that game, really. Um, and then 2002 always sticks out. I talked about this on the AL.com podcast this week. Um, it was a Thursday night game. I didn't go. I remember I had to study for a test, but I didn't really study. And... We were up 42-14 to 14 or something along those lines, and we faked an extra point and went for two or got a two-point conversion. And that was just typical Tommy Tuberville getting back. It was That was when Jackie Sherrill was still there. Um, so that was, I don't know, that's always kind of stuck out to me. Um, and then, of course, 2011, uh, when Ryan, I always get this wrong, Ryan Smith, we have Ryan White and Ryan Smith, both defensive backs, Ryan Smith, who is playing pretty good right now in a kind of a backup role, but came up on the last play and tackled Chris Ralph at like the two-inch line to to win the game back when we were still happy about 2011 and beat Utah State at the end and beat Mississippi State at the end and thought we were going to be something. And then, well, we weren't terrible that year. It was 8-5, and five, but whatever. Uh so, yeah, I mean, there's been some decent games in this series. Auburn's won most of them. When they didn't, we were 3-9, and nine, or Jackie Sherrill was cheating in the late 90s. So it's kind of been a, a one-sided 
Mississippi State likes to act like it's not, but I mean, 10 out of the last 12 is pretty dang one-sided. Uh, so I'm interested to see what happens Saturday. I'll be there. I believe it's my 96th, 7th, 96th or 7th straight home game. Uh, so I should hit 100 pretty soon. And now I'm rambling. So I'll wrap it up with this the uh, third edition of the Warblogle.com podcast by myself. Went a little bit better than I thought it would, but I'm sure you don't agree. So we'll try to get somebody for next week. Got a few ideas up my sleeve. One may be a former quarterback that we all love to hate or hate to love. I may have mentioned him on this podcast earlier. One may be another Twitter personality that you may love. Uh, We'll see. Uh, So that's it. Good night and more Eagle.